Welcome everyone to season two, episode two of That's Not What Andrea Told Me. I'm Casey. And I'm Andrea. Today we are diving into both our favorite books as well as our book club journeys, which have been somewhat tumultuous, at least on my end. But as we've talked about on this podcast, we're very different people. I think we have converged at the same place, (laughs) but our immersion into avid readership was very different. I don't know, the Cicalitas Corrections, (laughs) when I became like I am, but mom and dad have both separately told the story of in kindergarten, when we got sent home with our first little book and it was in like a little baggie with our number on it or whatever. And mom remembers, and in my mind, I remember it too, but like I wasn't in a car seat and I know it was the eighties and stuff, but I don't know. But mom and dad both said that I had read that whole book by the time we got home. Like I read it out loud. And then it was just like, I couldn't wait to get a new book. I couldn't wait to read my books as soon as I got them from school and we were driving home. So I'm assuming that I learned to read around age five and I just never looked back. Yeah. Whereas we realized when I was in middle school that I was dyslexic. So for me, I didn't get all that joy out of it until I was about 13 when I started reading the Harry Potter series. And then from there, it was like I became that person like I would stay up at night reading with a flashlight after mom had told me like 16 times to go to bed already. Yeah. So like you said, I got there eventually. Just you did. (laughs) Um, Well, you should give a shout out to our Aunt Sandy and our cousin Adam, because our cousin Adam was into the Harry Potter books. And Aunt Sandy and I were talking at one point and she said, have you heard about these books? And at that point, only about the first three were out. And so I was like, oh, no, I haven't read them yet. And so I I think she loaned me Adam's first two or three. And I took one or multiple on a ski trip and was so enthralled that I gave it to dad and dad loved it and you read it. And then do you remember we went to that bookstore in the Snowmass Mall looking for the next one? So that's why I don't remember exactly how many were out, but I don't know if you remember that. I think it was just two because my first one is paperback. Right. So it had been out a little bit longer, but then everything else after that was hardback. And I mean, and we, we would go to openings. Remember the time I got drunk at Los Tios and took you? <laughs> not, not my finest moment, but whatever. <laughs> so I would say now we probably both read about the same amount. Um, oh, no way. Oh, you don't think so? Oh, well, anybody who reads as much as you. Mm-hmm. You're actually kind of annoying to be friends with on Goodreads. Oh. It's like, a, it's always like, Andrea finished a book. And yeah, <laughs> I know she did. <laughs> But have you been seeing what I've been reading lately? Like not, well, not reading the most uh, like uh, enriching books in the world. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you got to take a break from it. It's true. It's true. So I don't remember. Have you been in book clubs? Yes. Um, I mean, besides the one that we're in with Chris Lalos. Right. That had been going on for near on a decade. It has. Um, very important book club. Uh, I was in one when I I hadn't lived in San Antonio all that long. So it was like B and Lindsay Mm. and mom and Lindsay's mom. And I think we, there were maybe some other people in it. I have such a bad memory. I can't remember if there were any, if there was anyone else in it, but I don't even think we met for a full year or we did read some really good books. Yeah. 
that that has always been one of my favorite things about about book clubs is you you do kind of get it depending on how you structure it you do get mm-hmm. exposed to some really really good stuff yeah so my first venture with this was I started working at the Hartford and I became really good friends with this other woman who worked there and we decided to start a book club that had mom was a member, Mary Lynn Popa, you know, so we had kind of a fun mix of some of our work friends, of course, Aaron Hucker was in it. But one of the things the the person that I sort of co-founded this book club with was not a real avid reader, but she wanted to be. And I think that her hope was that this would make her into a different person. And then when it didn't, she got a little self-conscious about it and very defensive about it. And what ultimately started happening is we didn't have a, a rule that you had to read the book, but when we started out, people were reading the book. Um, mm-hmm. But then, and the way we did it was we, if you were, if you were going to host the next meeting, you got to choose the book. So that was, again, a really cool way to read a wide variety of stuff that I never would have chosen, you know, personally. So that was a lot of fun. But what started happening is she started inviting people to the book club and she was like, it's okay if you don't read, you don't need to read. And it just felt like fewer and fewer people were reading. And by that point, I was in grad school and I, I was like, I am sacrificing a lot of time to read these extra books. And like, if we want to just get together for wine, let's call ourselves a wine club. But like, I, I'm doing this to read the book. So then I had been lamenting about this to the wife of one of my grad school friends who has become one of my really good friends, Christina. And Christina had been telling me for a long time, come join my book club. But I was like, "Ah, I don't think I can do, you know, two. So then it ended up in three, I think. So I did, I started going to hers and that was a lot of fun because in that book club, there were two authors. They were young adult authors, but that meant I was reading some young adult stuff that I might not have read otherwise. That was really fun. And then I had been talking to the running girls, including Tracy, who's been a guest on the pod. And we decided to start one. But what was happening is we decided to start one, but our friend Donna doesn't read. She doesn't like to read. And she fully embraces it. She's like, I'm not a reader. No one to read. And by this point, I'm like, well, I'm not going to be in a book club where people don't read. Like, that's the rule. You have to read. If you don't read, that's it. You're out. (laughs) And so we started this book club. And what we did is because a couple of our uh, readers were slow readers and then Donna didn't read. And so what we started doing is we would have a book club meeting. Then the next month we would have what we called non-book book club. So we'd get together and Donna was allowed to come to that. And, and so that gave the slower readers two months, you know, so they had time to read that book plus another, um, cause that was like Tracy's concern. Tracy was like, I don't want to only read book club books. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyways, so that was fun. And then I ended up, I ended up in another one. Uh, it was a virtual book club, I think is how I, I think I was like log, but it wasn't Zoom. So I'm trying to remember how we were meeting. This is pre-Zoom time. Uh, probably maybe yeah but that was Sarah who started that um so anyways yeah I think I was in three or four book clubs and it's kind of got to be a lot so then when I moved here I didn't join one or start one and I haven't to this day 
But I do get involved in faculty book club where we read books dedicated to becoming a better professor. So mm-hmm. we're reading a book right now. It's how to facilitate discussions, engaging discussions, you know. Yeah. But I've not I've not jumped back into a book club book club like I yeah. was in Houston. So Yeah, there's definitely those pros and cons like you talked about. I I feel like they have a tendency book clubs just have a tendency to taper off. Yeah. People are excited about it. And so for like months, it's like everybody's reading it. It's a good it's like good engaging discussion. Yeah. And then it's like as time goes on, fewer people yeah. read. And then and it's frustrating when someone who hasn't read the book comes to the meeting. Yeah. Uh, and you know. Kind of derails the conversation. Yeah. Well, but I, I will say I was in that, that book club that I helped start. I want to say I was in it for five to six years. And even after I quit, they continued going because Aaron's mom started coming. Of course, our mom moved away. Mm-hmm. But anyways, they may even still be meeting. I don't know. I haven't talked yeah. to a lot of those gals in a long time. So it was, uh, it was fun. But I do feel like the nice thing about having been in multiple book clubs is I do have some advice. Like I'm giving Grammy advice before around her book clubs because like, I think there's there's a sweet spot with size. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a big thing. And then I think there's a couple of interesting ways to choose books. And and then I like I love the idea of the non-book book club so that you can, you can include friends who want to be a part of your group, but they don't want to read. Yeah. You know? And that, that was a lesson learned. Yeah, I know with Grammy's book club, she struggled to balance the people who didn't want books with any substance, right? Right, right. Yeah, see, and I think that's an important piece. It's like now you, I know that if I'm going to do this, we need to have an agreement on what we want to read, you know, or, or what we're willing to open our minds to. Yeah. You know, because I definitely read books and I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this. And then I did or, you yeah. know, or I didn't and that's okay, yeah. <laughs> but I still read it. You know, but I know there's a lot of people who are of the opinion that life's too short to read a bad book. So if you're not liking it, you shouldn't finish it. I tend to be a finish it kind of person, even if I have to like skim, 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 skim so fast and then read the end. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, I think I'm, I'm the same. I usually always finish books. The book I struggled with the most was JK Rowling's Casual Vacancy. I think I did in the end finish it, but I, I just... I hated it every, yeah. every, hated every minute of it. I never read it because you hated it so much. And I would yes. say it's my friend, Christina, who liked it. Somebody that I'm pretty close to and whose opinion I trust really liked it. But I just was like, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> I don't even remember exactly what I hated, but I think it was just that none of the characters had any redeeming quality. That to was me. my memory. Yeah. And yeah, so it's like you weren't rooting for them. They were annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say that one of the greatest inventions ever is the Goodreads app. And I would encourage our listeners, if you don't have a Goodreads account to do it, it's really easy. But I like it for a couple of different things. It really helps me when someone's like, oh, Andrea, I really think you'll, you would like this book. I just finished it. It's so good. I'll never remember that, you know? So I can go into Goodreads and add it to my want to read list. And then if somebody asks me for book recommendations, which like Julie Justice used to do that all the time. And so I could be like, oh, what did I recently read that I really liked? So I can give a good recommendation. And then you can also scroll through your friends' mm-hmm. books. And then some podcasts have recommendations on Goodreads. So it's, it's a really cool thing 
in terms of keeping track of your own personal reading journey as well as others. Because yeah, like you say, I'm annoying. My friend Melissa reads, I think she reads more than I do. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, and, but what I like about it is typically she'll do an Instagram post at the first of every month. And it's one post is her fiction books and the other post are her nonfiction books. And she'll tell you like a one-liner about what it was about and then whether or not she liked it. And that's, I actually found a series that I've been really enjoying. It's called Maisie Dobbs. Mm-hmm. And I found that through Melissa. She really liked it. And so I read the first one and loved it and got the second one. And then I found out she was also reading the, through the series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so Goodreads is great. Even, even if you find me annoying. So I mean, it's not really annoying. No, no, I don't. Yeah. I know. If, if hey, it really annoyed me, I would turn off the notifications. There you go. There you go. I definitely have not been reading as much. When Leith was born, I put the Kindle app on my phone. And with Kindle Unlimited, you can download easily. But otherwise, you can't purchase through the app. Yeah. Um, and so I, I would read a ton while he slept. Yeah. But this time around, I've mostly just watched a lot of TV. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Really committed to watching entire series of shows. I love it. And that was one thing I did. So when I started grad school, because I've always been such an avid reader and I've always read in bed, you know, that's, I don't know, our Mm -hmm. our parents have always done that. Our grandparents have always done that. And so what I was finding was I would have all this work to do. So I was bringing de Tocqueville and John Locke and, you know, like all of these like deeply theoretical books and or, you know, other types of, I was bringing to bed and also bringing my notes. And, and then I realized after my first semester of grad school, I was like, I've barely read for pleasure. Yeah. And so I decided after that first semester, I was never going to do that again. I was never taking work into my bed and any reading that I did at night would be for pleasure. And so that's why I always have kind of a silly book going because mm-hmm. even if I happen to be listening to and or reading a more serious book, that's usually not my, my nighttime book. Like I need something that my mind can kind of relax and, you know, it keeps me interested and not having to mm-hmm. think too terribly hard. But that's, that's where that started. And then when I had LASIK and couldn't watch TV anymore at night because it was too bright, or I, it's, I could watch TV at night. I couldn't watch it in the dark. I got rid of the TV in my room. And that was also about the time that like a lot of the articles were coming out about like set up a sleep routine. Don't ha- watch TV. Put your phone away. And so I started doing that right around when I turned 30. I made a little nighttime routine. And now it involves telling my Alexa to play classical music. And then I nestle in and my lamps dim just a little bit. And then I read my book. So Keats full. Yeah. And I try to read for at least 10 minutes every night. That's my there's, working goal. There's a lot more screaming and crying involved in my nighttime time routines. Yes. Sometimes yeah, I have mine. <laughs> Sometimes kids. <laughs> I, I have a, very little of that. <laughs> I think that's really, that's a, an admirable goal. Cause yeah, I mean, like you said, all those articles do say that a nighttime routine is so important. Yep. I don't feel like I, I have any, I don't have any kind of consistency to my routine because sometimes I'm, I go back to work. Yeah. Sometimes I'm recording podcasts. Sure. Right. Other times I just pass out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I definitely have the privilege of being able to set my own routine and, and it's not perfect. I don't do it every night, but it's most nights. And I, yeah. and, and I think what's happened is I've gotten to an age where I can no longer get home crawl into bed and go to sleep. Like I I need a minute to unwind. And I tried to do that 
with a book rather than Instagram or, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. Playing games yeah. or something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's spend a few minutes talking about our, our favorite books. So I do feel like you and I have very varied interests, like not necessarily from each other, just in general. Like there's yes. a lot of different types of books that we enjoy reading. And so I think that's, that's super cool. As I was looking at our list, I was thinking, oh yeah, we don't, we don't like to only read one thing. Yeah. So I talked already a little bit about Harry Potter was the first book I really got into, but I think because I liked that kind of genre so much, I did read quite a few series of like, like witchy kind of stuff. Yeah. Sorcery story kind of stuff. And I was like 13. Yeah. So I was reading young adult books and then from there I branched out into more just, I guess it's like a young adult chiclet kind of okay. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um like just spy books uh some spy books and then ones that, some that were just about like girls lives you know okay being in high school and whatever okay read all those kinds of things and then when i read uh pride and prejudice for the first time which is even now one of my favorite books uh and favorite movies not the new one you gotta watch the five hour one yeah from bbc bbc um always go with bbc right always after that, I got crazy into like historical fiction and then from there into like romancy kind of books, which are my guilty pleasure. Oh, sure. I, love, I love them so much. Yeah. That's my go-to read. If I just like want to download a book and I don't know what I want, I'm just like, okay, just give me some garbage. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of my favorite books I think are just really funny, like how I got to them. So. I don't know if they still do it, but Starbucks used to have a book yeah. display yeah. next to their newspapers. Mm -hmm. And at one time I went into the Starbucks by school and they had a book called The Art of Racing in the Rain. And I bought it and I loved it so much. I gave it to dad. He read it and he gave it to coach. Who, and then coach developed like where he only would read books about dogs and their owners. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of funny. Then my and ultimately friend, I got it, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely that book traveled around. Mm -hmm. I think I ended up buying myself another copy because mm -hmm. I never got mine back. Yeah. Then my high school boyfriend, we dated for uh, pretty much all of high school, so I was really close with his mom. Mm -hmm. And one year, she was going to give away some some books, and she asked if I wanted to go through them and pick some out. So I grabbed one out called "Coming Home" by Rosamund Pilcher, mm -hmm. and then subsequently read everything that she wrote. Just yeah. loved it. And it's just fiction. Like they're based in Cornwall or England. Yeah. Places around there. Uh, you, and they loaned me September. Okay. And I started it, but I did, it wasn't the right book for me at that time. Mm -hmm. And I haven't picked it back up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, they're not action packed. They're kind of slow moving. Lots of character development. But yeah, they're really good. Uh, so yeah, that's one of my favorite books. I just get out of a box. And then actually one of my favorite books is, was uh, Required Reading in school. Oh, okay. Uh, it's called The Moonstone. And honestly, I don't even really remember what it's about. I lent it to Kayla mm. and I think she didn't really like it and she gave it back to me. Okay. It's like a little bit mystical and just, yeah, it was a good one. Ooh, that was not required reading for me. Oh, funny. Yeah, it was a year where they gave us a lot. 
because I think it was usually three books and one of the three was The Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, and right. that book is like huge. Yeah. So well, I feel like- we'll talk about one of my favorites. That's also a very big book. And it, that was a summer read. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, and we should maybe explain for some of our listeners who didn't go to high school with us, you did this required reading throughout the summer and you had to choose three books and then you had to pass a reading test on each book. So, and I don't know what it counted for. I guess it must've been part of our grade. I don't know. I don't think we just did it because. I don't know. It was called required reading. I think we had to do it. Yeah. But I think required reading, like that's a thing that everybody does, right? Or was it just our school? Well, I think the way we did it was just our school. Like, I don't think every school requires you to read three massive novels in the summer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I do remember the first year I had to do it being like, this is so unfair. Yeah. Can't believe I have to just go work. Yeah. And you got to pick, I think you had like a list of six and you picked three or a list of nine, you know? So that sounds right. Not everybody read the exact same things, but yeah, Um, that's interesting. Yeah. And then this is obviously a very condensed list and you were already reminding me of books that, that we've loved that I forgot about, but a series that Keener got me interested in it's the red rising series okay and it's kind of sci-fi and that was when that kind of sparked my interest in that genre and i that's mostly what i read now right is is sci-fi because you could actually get a lot of good sci-fi books on kindle unlimited right yeah and i will say i, I don't think this will get us in trouble with amazon so i have two kindles one of my kindles is signed into your kindle unlimited and i love it because yes. that that's where I'll typically find like silly little uh, mm-hmm. series that I want to that I want to start. I do I do oftentimes look at yours, although sometimes I'm like that's too sci-fi. But uh, there was yeah. <laughs> one series you had just read it or you downloaded it, and maybe you didn't get to it. But it just because you know because our Kindles are linked, it'll say, or wait, maybe it is the Red Rising. No, no, the Shadow, the Shadow and the Bone trilogy. Was that yet? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is not Kindle Unlimited. I bought that. Oh, uh, okay. And it's, I think it's on Netflix or oh. someplace. They, they're making it a series. Okay. Um, yeah, but it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed that. So I, I have picked up a few things and I think, is it through sharing Kindle Unlimited that we both got to that year one series? No. Okay. How did that happen? I just really like Nora Roberts. So that's actually, I should have put that on here. So mom would occasionally buy them. And so I was only probably 15, 16. Yeah. When I read my first one and because they are bordering on smutty. Yeah. I didn't think that I was like allowed to like Uh, have them. So I would hide them. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I I actually just, I think Nora Roberts is a fantastic author. I think her characters are always really strong Mm -hmm. and, you know, they're just really engaging books. Oh, agreed. Um, Agreed. You you turned me onto her trilogies, and so I I had read several of them, okay. and then I guess Casey had started reading this year one trilogy, and it was right when the pandemic hit. And so when the mm-hmm. pandemic hit, I went to Texas and lived there for nearly four months, and so we're both reading the, this trilogy, and it's all about how this flu like virus kills a bunch of people, yeah, like <laughs> almost everybody on the planet, yeah. 
And yeah, it's like we were reading it. I remember we were taking our walks and we were like, this is a little on the nose. I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but it, yeah, that was a really good series. Very good series. Very good series. But you're right. I think I've, I probably at this point read three to four of those trilogies and I've loved every one. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them I even reread and I don't often reread books except for my like major favorites. Like mm-hmm. I'll read Harry Potter any chance I get. Mm-hmm. But generally with, you know, just, you know, your kind of day-to-day reads. I don't, I don't go back to those, but I would, I will go back to some of her trilogies, partially because I forget that. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So about some years. Yeah. So I, one of my earliest like memories of a book that really touched me, it's controversial, but much like Harry Potter is easy. <laughs> so, yeah. so I guess we should disclaimer that, but it was Gone with the Wind. And that book resonated with me in a way that other books had it and it had nothing to do with the glory days of the south and like anything like that it was it had nothing to do with that it was all in the way that the character of scarlett o'hara was written and the way that she hurt people and the way that she made decisions and there was just something so tragic in it that that i am able to separate out from the like romanticism of the old south or whatever mm-hmm. but i just remember so one of the things that she does in the book because she's a spoiled brat right until the war comes and she's got to actually do stuff and so as these problems start to pile up for her she'll say i can't think of it today i'll think of it tomorrow and that is something i still do to this day like if something is stressing me out i'm like i'm starting to think about it <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and that's not a great way to handle your problems and it just really impacted me and just it was just heartbreaking and it's heartbreaking the way she treats people Mm -hmm. and I think probably about that time was the time that I was recognizing that like my actions mattered in terms of like the way I treated other people in a way that I hadn't really thought of much as a super selfish teenager and I'm not saying I got better overnight took obviously billions of years but I just remember I was reading it for summer reading I was at the lake Uh, This is in our old lake house, which was a tiny little cabin that had a kitchen with a table and the bathroom was off of the kitchen and then one room with a bunch of beds. So I'm sitting up at that table reading and Grammy comes out to go to the bathroom and I am just sobbing, sobbing, hysterically crying out a box of Kleenex. And she's like, what is wrong? And I was like, oh, Scarlett, she's just so foolish and dreaming red so bad. (laughs) So that is a book. I have reread that book for, there was a while there I was rereading it every year. And I, it was interesting because I felt like, again, thinking about the fact that I was drawn into that character and felt some kind of connection to that character, that it was like each time I read it, because I was at a slightly different life stage, it, it talked to me in a different way. So yeah, my copy of that book is like really, really beat up. But uh, so that one, I've never read it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's long. And, you know, it's again, it's not without its problems, but the characters are just really, really well done. Talk about writing a flawed character in a good way, right? Like, yeah. yeah. So that was what then there was someone at camp and I can't remember. I think it might have been my friend Sydney. And so this is like eighth grade. And she told me about this book, This Present Darkness, which is a religious book, which is very out of my realm. But that is another book. I have read it a bunch of times. There's a sequel called Piercing the Darkness. And I've read both of those a bunch of times because it's a very interesting way 
of thinking about this stuff. So again, it's very religious, but the the premise of the book is that there are angels and demons that are with us. And so when someone is struggling with something like, let's say drug addiction, there's a demon, like a heroin demon, like attached to him. Right. So like, and people can't see it, you know, so it's like the, the omniscient um, narrator is telling you about this. Right. And then it's like this guy who's going to go break into a house. He's got greed attached to him. And, you know, and so they're like, and it's like this church that basically has to like come together, you know, because there are like evil religious figures in the book as well. Right. That are like mm-hmm. kind of creating cult like uh, atmospheres. And anyways, it's, it's just it's a very interesting book. And I just kind of liked how they tell the story. And then, you know, like um, the the big name good angels are around uh, Gabriel and Michael and mm-hmm. those guys, you know, it's so, like they engage in this like big spiritual battle. So anyways, that was interesting. So I, yeah, I've read that one a few times, a, 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 even into adulthood. And then through my first book club that I was talking about, I got into an author named Friedrich Bachman. And I think I've recommended some of his stuff to you. Yeah, I just you actually loaned it to me and I haven't read it. Okay. So the book we read for that book club is called My Grandmother Asked Me to Tell You She's Sorry. And it is just equal parts delightful and emotional and hilarious. And, you know, it's so good. That's one of my favorite. And then I think, I think it's his most recent is called Anxious People. And I really like that one. It was very, very different. Uh, I loved one called A Man Called Obey. So yeah, his characters are really good. He's um, he's Swedish. And so the books are translated, but they're just great. I can't, I cannot say enough wonderful things about Friedrich Bachmann. And, and they're like, they're light enough, you know, that mm-hmm. you don't feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, but there's yeah. no depth to them, you know, so you don't feel like you're just reading smut or whatever. Yeah. And then um, Aunt Sandy bought me when I was in high school, a book by, I think her name is Anita Diamante. The book is called The Red Tent. And it is about some biblical people. I should have maybe grabbed it. And it's, I think it's Ruth. And it's a lot around menstruation. So back in the days of your when you were on your period, you had to go into the tent, the period tent, right? Because, uh, okay. Yeah. And anyways, it, sh- it was a really interesting and, and great book around sort of like female empowerment and stuff like that. So that, that's one I've been wanting to reread, actually. Uh, I look at it a lot. It's about Dinah. There it is. There it is. Yeah. And then also through my book club, I was introduced to an author who her name is Sarah Addison Allen. And the book we initially read for book club was called Garden Spells. And I probably loaned that one to you as well. You did. And I did read that one. I yeah, it's so good. And I actually found out from a friend through saying this, that she has a new book coming out in the next year or so, I guess. So and she, had, she had breast cancer. So she wasn't writing for a while. But that's a fun kind of magical, but it's like a a Southern book. So it's like the, yeah. you know, the, the drapey moss trees and the hot humid summers with the cicadas chirping you know and so like Mm -hmm. there's um an element of magic an element of love an element of like attachment to place that's really cool yeah so and then of course like I said the Nora Roberts trilogies I'll I'll pick those up just about any time but lately my kind of fun reads have been what they call cozy mysteries 
they usually center around like a librarian. I was mentioning the librarian series, or there's one around a woman who just owns a bookstore and, you know, solves murders on the side, or there's a lot around food. So like there's one about a woman who owns a bakery and another one about a food blogger. You know, they're just these like average gals who, you know, just super smart and solve yeah. crimes. <laughs> So I've read a number of those. There's there's multiple series of those and their their names are absurd, but they're a lot of fun. Just a very, very light read. But the other thing, I I didn't remember to add this to my list, but years ago, because our Aunt Zingity loves to read as well. And she's suggested a lot of books to me over time. She lent me a Stephen King book called Needful Things. And it's a, it's a big, thick book. And she told me when she was lending it to me, she's like, this is my all-time favorite Stephen King. She might have even said her all-time favorite book. And at that point, I had read a few Stephen King books. I had read The Shining. We did that for a Halloween book club once upon a time. Oh, okay. I had done Dr. Sleep, which is the follow-up to The Shining. I had read, it's called The Four, not The Four Seasons, because that's a hotel, right? Right. Uh, maybe it's called Different Seasons or something like that. And, and that's got the short story that the movie Stand By Me is based on. Okay. But anyways, so I'd read quite a bit. Well, I was living here in Alabama. So this was just a couple of years ago. And I happened to be walking past the bookshelf, what Needful Things was. And I was like, I'm going to read this. It's time. I was blown away. It, it is such an incredible book. I mean, he, he just weaves a story like nobody I've ever seen. Yeah. So I do recommend that one. And then I finally read The Stand. You know, there's been a lot of made-for-TV movies and stuff on The Stand, but that was yeah. the one. Speaking of made-for-TV movie or books, did you read the Jack Reacher series? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm the one who got Russell into that. Okay. So, yes, yeah, Russell loves those. Which, you know, they ruined it initially because they made Tom Cruise Jack Reacher, which made no sense. Yeah. But somebody told me at workout the other day that there's a new series. And it's yeah, we really watched Jack. it. Oh, okay. It's good. It's good? Um it is it is pretty gruesome so it gets one of those things where i have to have russell watch, like luckily he he did what he called pre-watching right. the first couple of episodes which means he just didn't wait for me sure sure but he would be like okay you don't want to watch this part okay as like i would uh, if i had watched some of the things that happened i would have barfed oh okay um <laughs> yeah so I, I think, and again, if y'all are interested as you're listening to this, you don't need to be jotting it all down. You can just follow us on Goodreads. But I did want to talk, oh, the other book I want to talk about came to me through one of my PEO sisters in Houston. And I had already moved here, but I went back for a meeting in June. And she said, I read this book that I just think you are going to love. And she actually had it on CD. It was by George Saunders, who I believe is more famous for like short stories and maybe poetry. But the book is called Lincoln in the Bardo. And I think I've tried to get you to listen to it because that's that's what I did. And I keep trying to get people to listen to it or read it because I want to talk about it. I have actually since listened to it three times. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the, the Bardo is basically purgatory. And this book is part fiction, part nonfiction, because it takes place in a cemetery the night after President Lincoln's son, Willie, has died. So it's the spirits that are in this cemetery, but that are in purgatory. So that's obviously the fictional part. And in the audiobook, you've got names like Nick Offerman, Susan Sarandon, Megan Mullally. Like there's so many people who read different parts because all the ghosts have, you know, 
But then it's interspersed with real life diary accounts and newspaper articles of stories around what Lincoln was dealing with at that time. So dealing with civil war issues, as well as the death of his son. And it's just phenomenally done. It's so, so interesting. Okay, so, cool. I, yeah, I just can't say enough great things about that. But I've also, so that through that book, I, I've started to get into audiobooks a little bit more and borrowing audiobooks. And I really like that for long trips to Texas. But one of the ones I did was called The Radium Girls. Yes. And for I listen to that as well. Okay. Like for people who really like nonfiction, I that that is that is worth a story worth hearing. It is. It, it is brutal. It is brutal, but so worth it. And then another one that actually my friend Melissa recommended, and I read this one. It's called Being Mortal: Medicine and What Matters in the End. And it's talking a lot about sort of the way we do healthcare for our aging population, and like so some of the problems that are inherent in nursing homes and like those kinds of facilities. Like and one of the things that stuck out to me is, you know, you can't take your pet. And it's like, if, you know, you, if all your friends have died and you just have this dog that is your comfort and joy, and then you got moved out of your home and they take your dog away, how are you supposed to, you know, su succeed and be, you know, be happy? Yeah. So that was a really good one. And then I also love anything about like brothels in Chicago and mobsters. There's a book called I Heard You Paint Houses. It's about Jimmy Hoffa. It's really good. I heard you paint houses as code for, hey, I hear you'll kill someone for me. Ah, uh, okay. So, yeah. So you can use that uh, if you need your hitman. That reminds me of that podcast you recommended, um, Crime Town. Mm -hmm. I make my state and local class listen to that. That was such a good podcast. I never listened to the second season. I didn't either, and I'd like to. It's about Detroit. The first season is about Providence, Rhode Island actually Tracy's sister who turned me on to that podcast mm -hmm. and yeah and so I I make my state and local students listen to it because it talks a lot about concepts that we learn about in class like patronage and the ramifications of having elected positions like attorneys you know like prosecuting attorneys and things like that you know and who can run for office like having a felony doesn't always matter yeah <laughs> And like a lot of people, as the, you know, as the Black Lives Matter movement really kind of took off, I started reading a lot of the books that were recommended around that, you know, in terms of like how to be a good ally. So I, I read White Fragility, which was really good. I read Brian Stevenson's book, Just Mercy, which actually was made into a movie. I read another book about a lynching in Birmingham called Murder on Shades Mountain. I've interspersed those books. Yeah. Lately as well. I just, I feel like there's just so many good things out there. So many books, so little time. <laughs> it's true. And I do feel like I'm now kind of tending towards series mm -hmm. because I think there's a term for it. The sadness you feel when you finish a good book. Right. And it's just so palpable when you yeah. finish like some of these really good books. It's like you, you're like losing, it's like losing a friend. Yeah. It's true. And so I feel like I, that at least postpones it for a little bit. Yeah, you're right. We would love your recommendations. Uh, if you've got mm -hmm. books you think we should read, we will take them. I'll add it to Definitely. my list. I've had to tell people to quit loaning me books for now. I just can't. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's just my, my to read stack is uh, unmanageable. And that's just the actual books. That's not right. books that I already have on Kindle and stuff. 
Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I love buying books for those kiddos too. Oh, yeah. They have so many books. What's really funny is that, especially because Leith has gotten older and you've gotten him some books that are a little bit longer, a little bit more complicated, uh, Russell has started hiding them because they're so long. Oh. Like reading them. Um, but and I guess he's a little too young to say we're going to read a chapter tonight and then we'll yeah, pick up again yeah, tomorrow or whatever. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not with that right now. Right. My mother-in-law found some books that are like they're like pared down versions of classics. Yeah. So one of his favorite books is this kid version of Great Expectations. Yeah. And it's so funny. It, it's it's also like fascinatingly dark. Like that's probably yeah. where he's getting the idea to kill you. <laughs> Maybe. Because <laughs> doesn't that main character that comes back, he's an escaped convict, right? Yeah. I don't know if they talk about him being a killer or not, but uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the first time he handed that to me, I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> but <laughs> weird flex, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, a little bit. I love getting your book recommendations. You too. You are... Uh, an impressive reader. Thanks. And uh, luckily I trust you, even though you read very fast. I, it's true. Sometimes you can't trust me because I do read too fast. Yeah. There, there are some things that I fly through and I miss very important details that people will be like, oh, this was actually terrible. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. I definitely do that occasionally when, um, when like it's the exciting part yeah. of the book. I notice I'll just read the dialogue. You see? Yeah. And then I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I tend to prefer those kinds of books. There there was an author, and they made a couple of movies out of his books, but I tried to read one. It was really popular. It was a, a movie with a cute actor in it, and people were all excited about it. I can't remember what it was at this point. But the way that author wrote was like, and then Casey approached the door. The door was white with six panes of glass, and she couldn't help but behold the gold fixtures that adorned the the door and she slowly reached out her alabaster hand and turned that knob you know it's just like sweet jesus she opened the door and went in the room <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i am not one to admire uh very Lady poetic Lady. prose yeah uh, right, all right get to the point people yeah <laughs> i got a good reads reading challenge to adhere to <laughs> well readers i hope you got some good recommendations like yeah. andrea said give us yours we'd love to hear them either on instagram or you can also email us at uh what is it andrea tin pod at gmail.com and our instagram is tin underscore podcast yeah so follow us on instagram send dm us Email us. Oh, hold on. We forgot to mention our book club with Chris Lalos. Oh, you mentioned it very briefly at the beginning, but yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so many moons ago, Chris um, will be our I guess on the podcast mm-hmm. upcoming. It was his idea for us to start it, I believe. Mm-hmm. One year, we said we should create a, a book club where we read, you know, the the classics mm-hmm. like Dante's Inferno. And then we never read that book and we never met. So it's just an ongoing book club. We are still proud members of said book club. 
Yeah. I think we even got so far as to talk about versions of the book. Yeah. Like what version would we read if we were going to actually read it? Yeah, we don't want to have different translations. Of course not. No. We've got to be consistent <laughs> for the book we're not going to discuss. Exactly. Yeah, so so readers, that's the best kind of book club to get into. One where once every five to six years, you check in with one another, make sure no one's read the book yet, mm-hmm. and you go about your business. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. We'll check in with y'all in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Love you. Right. Love you. Bye. Bye.